0: Welcome to Karura's weekly podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time to journey with us. We hope your spiritual life will be transformed as you listen in. We start in three, two, one. Oh, 2, th- th- Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you to uh, Pastor Gary and uh, Pastor Shiramba and, and, and the leadership of the church for just giving me the chance to, to just share God's word uh, this it's this morning it's almost afternoon but this morning so I, I don't take that for granted thank you so much and I look forward to spending the next uh, what 20 25 minutes with yourselves uh, just sharing uh, God's Word <clears throat> you know I was thinking to myself about uh, about uh, a man called uh, Mangosutu Buthelezi in South Africa and uh, Mangosutu was giving a speech he was the Prime Minister of one of the homelands in South Africa and went to give a speech. And I think he started at about lunchtime and continued until evening. At about six o'clock, you can mind the speaker already starting to look at his watch and to look at him. And uh, Mangosutu then turns to the speaker and says, Without Mr. Speaker, I conclude my opening remarks. <laughs> and, uh, and at times you start getting an opportunity and people start getting worried that, uh, so I don't intend to beat that man's, that man's deadline uh for those of you organizing lunch you can call home and say that they can start (laughs) finalizing the arrangements we'll be we'll be home in half an hour right (laughs) we we will get all this thing done but thank you so much for the opportunity as has been mentioned we are focusing on the book of philippians uh philippians chapter three is one of the one of my best passages in the bible so i'm really happy to have the opportunity to share some thoughts uh, from philippians chapter three so what we'll do is we'll start off by reading uh, Philippians 3. Um, I think it should be up on the screen. It will come on the screen shortly. Yeah. So reading from verse 4, Though I myself have such reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have confidence, or oh sorry, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe for whose sake I have lost all things I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith I want to know Christ yes to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, one thing, not two, not ten, one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus That is the word of the Lord Thanks be Thanks be to God. Okay, this morning I just want to share three very simple thoughts Simple enough that I think each of us will be able to remember them hopefully for a very long time to come. The first thought is actually about forgetting the past. In the passage we've read, Paul talks about one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me. The second thought that he raises is actually focusing on our purpose today. And the third thought that he raises has to do with the future Uh, the future that is ahead and awaiting us these three thoughts will help us be the light for christ in our world today so three thoughts that we need to really focus on number one First thought as we look back we need to forget the past once we forget the past we need to forget we need to focus on today and then we need to have an eye on the future that in a sense would be the summary i would have for the book of philippians chapter three one of the things about most of humanity Is that we forget what we should remember we actually forget what we should remember because Paul is telling us forget the past but we're supposed to forget everything and how do we forget everything there's always a risk that we actually forget what we should remember but that is not biblical in fact in Psalms 113 sorry Psalms 103 we read praise the Lord O my soul and forget not all his benefits praise the Lord O my soul and forget not all his benefits you see God does not actually want us to be a forgetful people God wants us to remember he says forget not forget not all his benefits praise the Lord O my soul forget not so is there a contradiction in the Bible because Paul is saying one thing I do is I forget and yet the psalmist tells us don't forget Right? And I think what is critical is to make sure that we don't fall in the group of people who forget what they should remember. We forget answers during exams. That surely cannot be a good thing. You know, We forget directions. Somebody tells you, let's meet at wherever it is, and uh, you don't meet wherever you're supposed to meet. Right? You've forgotten the directions, or even forget you had an appointment altogether. Right? That cannot be the right thing. Right, we forget key dates. Right, I remember one of my friends telling me how he started. You know, one day he just woke up and he started singing Happy Birthday to me. And you see, his wife I think had forgotten his birthday and he couldn't tell his wife why don't you wish me Happy Birthday. So he decided to sing for himself and I guess the wife f- finally figured out that uh, it was actually her husband's birthday. Right, so we actually forget those things that we actually ought to remember things. I think the screen is up, so I don't need my glasses. Um, So we actually forget those things that we ought to remember. And and one can go through quite a whole list of things that we forget, right? We forget God's goodness in our lives. Uh, Has the Lord been good to you? Have you remembered to say thank you, right? Uh, Being forgetful in that regard is not a good thing. So as I say, it is a problem when we forget what we ought to remember. Now, but on the other extreme, right, we can become like the proverbial elephant. Now the question is, what do you know about the elephant? When the elephant is very small or very young, somebody or trainer can just get a, a very strong piece of rope and maybe even a wire and tie it to the elephant's leg and tie it to a pillar. And you can imagine that calf of an elephant trying to pull and push and do this and the more it pulls, the more the elephant gets hurt. Finally, the elephant figures out that it actually can't pull itself away. It will never forget that lesson. Years later, the elephant is such a big elephant, that elephant could literally pull down this entire sanctuary very easily, but every time that little rope is put on the elephant, the elephant doesn't move because it still has that thing in its mind that if I move, I'm going to get hurt. All right. You see, that elephant learns never to forget. And many of us actually behave like that elephant. We go through life without forgetting a lot of things. In 1 Corinthians 13:5, we read, love keeps no record of wrongs. Love actually is supposed to forget. But there's some people who are not able to forget. They keep a record of things and they'll never forget. You know, there's a story of the Italian mafia. And the guy was getting old and he got Alzheimer's disease. And he forgot just about he forgot his family, he forgot his businesses, he forgot everything. But they say he never forgot his enemies. You know, so he's on his deathbed and he sees that guy, you know, in 1955. You remember what you did to me, right? <laughs> You know, there's some people who behave like the mafia, right? They never forget, right? You'll go down remembering that guy who played you or who took that deal from you, right? So there's some people who never forget. And of course, there's a man who complained about his wife. And he says, whenever my wife is hysterical, she becomes historical, right? She she never forgets anything, right? It's just a question of just give her time. One the day she becomes hysterical. You remember, you remember, you know, and she... And she just goes on and on so we're supposed to forget some things but some people who remember what they should forget right and then there are people who remember all the bad things their parents did to them you know when i was three years old my auntie dropped me then and you know and you go on through life just you know in fact somebody said the other day you know you're not ready to be an adult until you forgive your parents right Because, you know, you're 50 years and you're still saying, if it was not for my parents, I would have been, I don't know, you'd have been something else, right? Um, We need to learn how to forget, right? So we have a problem. um, And the problem is we actually forget what we should remember and remember what we should forget. But that should take us to what Paul is talking about in Philippians 3, right? When he talks about forgetting. You see, in Philippians 3, verse four to seven, Paul had to learn to forget his Jewish pedigree, right? Because that made him self-reliant. When we read Philippians 3 from verse four to seven, we see that Paul was circumcised on the eighth day, right? Basically, he's connecting himself all the way back to the father of the Jewish community, right? The father of faith. You'll recall in Genesis that Abraham when his called of God goes through that festival of circumcision, and from then on, all the Jews were to be circumcised on the eighth day. Even Jesus himself, as a human being, was circumcised on the eighth day. So Paul is saying, from day one, or from day eight, right, I was okay, right? You know, it's like I went through this ceremony, which truly put me among the Jews. I was of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. What is so important about the tribe of Benjamin? We know that David was of the tribe of Judah, but David was the second king of Israel, not the first king of Israel. The first king of Israel was Saul, and Saul was a tribe of Benjamin. So it's basically saying from independence, right? Me, I come from the group that gave us independence, right? You can imagine somebody really feeling I was right there. I'm not from the periphery or somebody who came lately. My people, were the ones who basically like brought you know independence to the jewish community right in regard to the law of pharisee the pharisees hawana makosa they were really out there as far as zeal is concerned i was persecuting the church i was not a fence sitter whatever i believed in i went for it right righteousness based on the law i was faultless you know this man says can anybody find a fault with the way i lived my life and you know one can go on and on You know, Paul says, I think it's in the book of Acts, where he talks about how he studied under the feet of a man called Gamaliel. Now, Paul probably had the equivalent of two PhDs. He was one of the most educated men in the New Testament. He wrote more than or about half the New Testament. It was written by this one man, Paul, studying under the feet of Gamaliel. Now, if you're in business, you'd know that, you know, the issues of strategy, probably the foremost professor in the world was Michael Potter who was a professor at Harvard Business School, and he wrote the thing about competitive advantage, whether it's of businesses, of nations, of all manner of things. So it's very much like somebody saying, I sat at the feet of Professor Michael Potter at Harvard. I didn't read this in a book on a shop window, right? I went and sat down with the man who wrote the book, right? Paul sat down under the feet of Gamaliel. So Paul is saying, as far as all these things are concerned, right, nobody can actually fault me if salvation could be gotten by all these things then definitely i'm number one on that mustari going to heaven right but paul says in philippians 3 9 that i might be found in christ not having a righteousness of my own but that which is through faith in christ the righteousness that comes from god and is by faith you see paul gave up all these things he had to learn to forget and learning to forget is I guess, removing the focus uh out of these things you know at times you can have your focus really going on something and saying i'm relying on this for my salvation right i'm relying on the fact that i'm a jew i'm relying on the fact that i was circumcised on the eighth day i'm relying on the fact that i'm not just a jew i'm from the tribe of benjamin i'm relying on the fact that i learned under gamaliel i'm relying on the fact that i'm faultless i'm relying on the fact that i'm a pharisee right but he says, you see, as long as I'm relying on that, I cannot also rely on the Lord Jesus Christ and the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to get to a point in our life where we say we're going to stop relying on those things that basically make us feel so good that we can say, I'm so good, I actually don't need Jesus. Right? You recall the conversation in John chapter 3 when Jesus meets Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a good man. By any extent, Nicodemus was a good man. But Jesus says, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Because Nicodemus, you're also a Pharisee like Paul. You're a Pharisee. Like Paul, you're highly educated. Like Paul, nobody can find fault with you. And yet Jesus says, unless a man is born again, unless a man stops relying on all those great things they have and starts relying on the Lord Jesus Christ, then you're making a mistake. So you need to get to a point where you forget all those things that lift you up so much. And there are probably many wealthy people in this church, and uh, hopefully, they shall demonstrate that when uh, the, 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 the fundraiser comes, right? But you don't need to rely on that wealth to get you to heaven, rely on that wealth to build the church, right? And there are many wise people, right? And uh, there are many scholars, and there are many people who've got a standing in so many areas. We're saying, Don't rely on that. That's what Paul is saying. I have to forget that stuff. But at the same time, Paul had to forget his failures uh, because they could immobilize him, right? On one hand, our successes can give us pride to the extent that we don't rely on God for salvation. But on the other hand, our failures can actually immobilize us. You know, in in 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul says, Even though I, Paul, was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, now, if you're, a, if you're that kind of person, if you've been blaspheming, you've been persecuting people, you've been a violent man, you know, wherever you go, you'll probably be thinking, yes, I've turned my life to Christ, but I keep looking. Every time I close my eyes, all I see is maybe the guy I killed or the person I played or the person I hurt. You know, you have so many thoughts coming to your mind. And the impact of that is you never move forward because you're always thinking about your past life. But this morning, Paul would be telling us, or God would be telling us through Paul, forgetting those things that are behind. Because unless you can learn to forget, you can never move forward. There's a saying that behind every saint is a sinner, and ahead of every sinner is a saint. Every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future, right? If you're a sinner, you still have a future. Right, there's acceptance for you in the house of the Lord. You see, Paul was basically a sinner, and if he never learned how to forget the past, he would never have ended up being the man who wrote half the New Testament. In fact, I thought of, if you think of a conversation with Stephen's nephew, Stephen was the first martyr of the church. Stephen, you know, becomes an elder of the church. And then um, they have an argument and they come to stone him and then they were stoning him all those guys needed to really flex their muscles to really throw the stones hard so they removed their heavy jackets and put them at the feet of a man called Saul of Tarsus later Paul and then they were able to stone Stephen and uh, finish the job fairly quickly now having done that you can imagine 2 3 years later Paul is now a great evangelist, and he's just about to give a summon and make an altar call. And a young man raises his hand and says, my name is whatever. I'm Stephen's nephew. Until the guy who killed my uncle, what business do you have? Basically preaching about this thing, right? And somebody else would say, and until whatever, you know, until the guy who is to blaspheme, and until this and until that. And you can imagine Paul would never have been able to move ahead with the gospel, because you would have kept on thinking about all the things I did in the past. They would have totally immobilized him. So always remember, what Paul is telling us is really forgetting those things that are behind. You know, this morning on on Hope FM, my older brother was on radio, and he was sharing a testimony. And the nature of the testimony was basically after high school, finishing high school after high school, my brother got into alcohol, and he was basically an alcoholic for about 30 years, right? And for those 30 years, or a lot of those 30 years, my mother prayed for him every day. Can you mind having an alcoholic son who starts off like at high school, and goes on until around the age of 50. And as a mother, you pray for him basically every day, every day, every day, right? Um, 30 years down the road, basically, he was in Nairobi hospital with one of his friends, who was also, I guess, a drinking buddy and also an alcoholic. And you're having a chat with a guy in the morning and uh, in the afternoon you're told the guy has died. And you go home and you think, okay. A few months later, uh, that's November 2013, he gets a call, your other drinking buddy has also just died. I guess, you know, his liver or something packed up. And my brother says that day he knew very clearly that his number was next. Right. Number one was called. Number two was called, you know, like you had at the reception and you see guys being called. He knew his number was actually next. Right. And uh, he had been warned by doctors. And that day he called upon God and God just miraculously removed all the alcohol in his system. And this week was sharing on Hope FM that for, thir- you know, for the last eight years, never drank. In fact, now he got into, you know, he's doing ministry He's a professional, but also doing some ministry. Right. Um, but you see, in those 30 years, you can imagine all the mistakes he made. And the day you turn to Christ, if you're not careful, the devil can continuously remind you of all the things you did in 30 years. Right? You did this, and then you did this, then you did that. And if you spend your life thinking of all your mistakes, you'd never move ahead. Right? So what are we getting over here? Behind every saint is actually a sinner. Every sinner has a past. Right? Every saint has a past. And every sinner has a future so the encouragement this morning from paul first and foremost is we need to learn to forget right what have you done in the past forget it as far as the east is from the west so far god has removed your stuff from you god is not remembering you're the one who's remembering forget the past and the first reflection i want us to have this morning what things are you forgetting that you remember have you forgotten the goodness of the lord you need to remember that But what things are you remembering that you should forget, right? Forget all your mistakes. We've all had our fair share. And then what or who are you trusting for your salvation? Paul basically tells us in Philippians 3.9, right? He wants to be found in Christ, not having a righteousness of his own, but that which is through Christ, faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. You have to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's the only way you can get your salvation. Now, the second thing that I want us to look at, and I will do that in the next few minutes, is basically focus on the present task. When you stop thinking about your past, then that gives you the energy and the time to start focusing on the present, right? Now, Paul says in Philippians 3.12, I take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Right? Uh, sorry, actually, you know, it starts, have we, have we skipped whatever, go back, go back to the previous slide. Right? Um, yeah. So, you know, so, so what God says, you know, Paul says in Philippians 3.12, I take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I take hold of my purpose. Why did God take hold of you? Why did God put you on this earth? right? what is your purpose why do you wake up every day and just consume oxygen right and then in verse 13 he says one thing i do not a hundred things that i do you don't want to be a scatterbrain that i do so many things at the end of the day i can't remember what i did paul says one thing i do right one thing that i do paul was very focused and even in the world of business i'm not a pastor i just happen to get the privilege every year or so to be called to speak but in the world of business you want to focus on something core and uh, what you do is you can say, as a company, the one thing that we do. I was saying, Apple basically just yeah, sells those gadgets. In fact, they don't sell very many gadgets. They principally sell, I think, just four gadgets. You know, you've got an Apple, you know, an iWatch, or whatever it's called, an Apple Watch. Uh, you've got an iPhone. You've got a computer, and I think it's Macintosh or whatever it's called, you know, uh, or Macbook Pro. And then uh, you've got the final thing, they sell an iPad, right? Apple sales basically has those eyes, right? You know, four different eyes, right? But they become the largest company in the world by learning to focus. I could say one thing that we do. We sell this gadget. And we do it so well, and we do it so many times to everybody. But you might go to a restaurant in Roark and find they actually do more than Apple, right? <laughs> you know, you want samosas to Nao, <laughs> you know? You want a pizza, they say <laughs> right? <laughs> You know, you know, these guys do everything. Whatever you want, you know, don't go to the next shop, even as you do that one. They can probably fix your radio if you want it, right? And, and, and because they do so many things, they can never really be a successful business. But Paul is saying, one thing that I do, right? What is that one thing that you do? What has God called you to do, right? Um, you know, in sports, and business, we can learn so many things about people who focus, right? Are you focused? Let's get on to the next slide, which is really the second reflection for this morning. Paul says, I press hard to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Why did Jesus take hold of you? Are you pressing hard towards that? All right. um, the two most important days in your life. The first day is the day you were born. But the other very important day in your life is the day you realize why you were born. All right. You have nothing to do with the day you are born, but the day you realize why you are born. That's what Paul is talking about. I take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I try and figure out why was I born? Why did Jesus take hold of me? And I want to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Are you taking hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of you? Are you really pressing on in that for which Christ Jesus called you? You know, David says in, uh, well, it's recorded of David in Acts chapter, I think, 13. Acts 13, 36. For when David had served God's purposes in his generation, he rested. Now, you could have a whole sermon out of that one verse alone. Because David served God's purposes. It was a very specific task. God had given him a purpose. David served God's purposes. In his generation, there was actually a time frame. You guys don't have forever. None of us has forever to live on this planet, right? We have a task and we have a timeline. And after that, David rested, right? Uh, You shall all rest, we shall all rest, right? So, are you serving God's purpose in your life, right? You have a task to do and you have a time within to which to do it. Somebody has said the opportunity of a lifetime must be taken during the lifetime of that opportunity, right? You have the opportunity of a lifetime to serve God, to fulfill your purpose. But that opportunity has a lifetime. You shan't be here forever. So Paul is saying, I press hard, I work hard, I strain. He uses all manner of words. You know, in Corinthians, he talks about, I'm not shadow boxing. This is the real fight. This is not a dressing hassle, all Right? To what extent are you focusing on that which God has asked you to do? The final point, the third and final point, is basically keeping one eye on the future. He says we have a future reward in heaven. So basically, Paul is now moving from basically forgetting. I actually thought of three Fs. So the first one was forgetting, which is the past, focusing, which is today, and future, which is his reward. In Philippians 4.14, he's saying, I'm pressing on toward the goal. And when you think about our goal, you know, the Bible uses different words for the goal. It says, you know, it talks about, I'm pressing on towards my goal. I'm pressing on towards my heavenly calling. I'm pressing on towards the price. The different words that are used, but ultimately saying there's something at the finishing line. Paul looked forward to his reward. 2 Timothy 4.7, he had fought a good fight. He had finished his race. He had kept the faith. And now he's waiting for me in heaven, a crown. That's actually one more word for the goal. Right? Paul had run his race. Not my race, not your race. You see, at times wonder will everybody have a gold prize? The answer is yes, because everybody has their own race. You see, if we're both running against each other, then whoever wins that race gets the gold. But you see, I'm not running against you, and you're not running against me or against your neighbor. You're running your own race, right? That for which God called me is my race, and if I run that well, I'll get the gold prize. Paul ran his race well, right? And he, got, and he looked forward to his prize. In the future, you think about Abraham. We're told, Abraham, looked forward to a city whose builder or whose architect and builder is God. That's Hebrews 11, uh, 8 to 10. The interesting thing about that is when you want to have a good construction, say, like the jungle that's coming up, there are at least two people who are very important. The funder is also very important. But in the construction itself, the architect is critical. If you have a useless architect, it doesn't matter how good the contractor is. But at the same time, the contractor is also very important because you could have a great architect, but the contractor builds his own stuff, all right? The two of them have to both be in sync and do a great job. But the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that Abraham was looking forward to a building whose architect and builder is God. You see, in that case, God designs heaven And then God cannot find any architect who can implement that Mjango. right? So God decides he's going to build it himself, right? The future calling, the future reward in heaven is just absolutely out of this world, right? Moses looked forward to his reward. Moses had the opportunity to become the most powerful man in the world. The pharaoh of Egypt was the most powerful man in the world. And Moses was on line to become the pharaoh of Egypt. But he says he gave that up because I was looking forward to something in eternity. My question is, what are you looking forward to in eternity? Is this it? Right? Are you spending your time in the past? Or can you just cast an eye to the future and realize there's a future reward? Right? How we live today, to a large extent, is dependent on our view of eternity. Right? If you think this is it, then you shall live like this is it. But if you know, like Paul did, like Abraham did, like Moses did, that this is really just a passing cloud in the light of eternity, we would live very different lives. Next slide. And that's actually really my last slide. You know, I, I joined high school, I think it's forty-one years ago, right? That's a long time back. Right. I then had a little bit more hair. You can see it's gone? Right. <laughs> you know, on Friday I had dinner with one of my old friends, one of my age mates. And I just looked at him and said, my friend, you know, you, you, your hair is actually turning gray. And he reminded me I didn't have hair. <laughs> so you can't mind joining high school those many years ago. And after a long time, we decided we are having a high school reunion, right? We're now, I'm sure a few of those guys have become grandfathers. Uh, I remember somebody turning to one of the guys and saying, the guy sitting over there, what subject was he teaching us? So no, of that guy was he was actually one of our classmates. <laughs> but there are some guys of age that become like mzes, you know, you're probably 50 and some guys look like they're 75, right? But it was quite a reunion and I recall telling my kids, uh, well, I think one of the problems was people decide we meet on a Friday and people go on until su- Sunday, no, from, from Saturday to Sunday. Now one of the problems was trying to explain to your children that dad is going for a sleepover. <laughs> and they <and> think, <laughs> what's, what's going on with our fathers? <laughs> All right, that uh, find, <laughs> they want to do a sleepover, but but it was quite something actually meeting people that you were, you know, 13 year olds with many many years ago and finding out different people's journeys. I had a story of, of a set of people who leave high school and meet after about 25 years and they go out, and when they go out, you know, over a bonfire of a Choma in the evening, one guy says, Yeah, you know, tell me what was the, what was the greatest. You know, you've been away from school for 25 years. What was the greatest thing that ever happened to you? What's the most memorable thing that happened to you in these last 25 years? So the first guy says, You know, after we left school, they're like going to international business. And I remember once we went to India and we went to hunt tigers, right? You know, one of our business partners was in India, went to hunt tigers in India. And as we were hunting them, we we're sitting here and I had the gun and I'd shot and missed. And finally, I had one bullet to go. And I could see the tiger was three, four meters away from me. It was coming straight for us. And just as it pounced up with the last bullet that I had, I shot right into its mouth, right? And I took out that cat, right? Just as it fell on me, and it's like I thought, man, that's a, the that's a most memorable moment of my entire life. And guys said, man, you know, that was a big one. And you can mind guys clapping and yeah, you know, just whatever. And then they turn to the next guy and say, What about you? What the, you know, he says, you know me, when we finished high school, remember I was a very good soccer player? This so guy said, Yeah, so what do you do? I joined Arsenal. You know, I actually went to the UK and I joined Arsenal, right? And uh, and I, I'm careful because there's some Manu supporters over here. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, you know, somebody asked, having a party and somebody asked his wife, you know, do you support Manu or Arsenal? And she says, I don't watch rugby. <laughs> so, 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 so if you don't get it, please explain to your wives and significant others, <laughs> in right, the context of this, whatever. But so this guy says, after high school, I actually became a soccer player, and I went and joined Arsenal. And this one day, we were playing Manu, and it was the finals of FA, or whatever it was. And uh, literally, the game was going to go into overtime. It was 2-2. And with 30 seconds to go, I got the ball halfway and I dribbled plus, you know, through something like five, six players. And just as the ref got the whistle to blow, I just placed the ball and we won the FA. He says, that was the most memorable time in my life. And guys really clapped like, yeah, yeah, we remember watching that, you know. Uh, even in Africa, we had DST, we watched that game, right, on YouTube or whatever, right. And then they turn to the third guy and say, what about you? what's the most memorable time in your life? You know, whatever did you do after those 25 years? And the third guy seemed to be a bit absent-minded. And unknown to them, during these 25 years, their third friend had committed his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, no, so you tell us, tell us, you know, give us your story. And he says, the most memorable time of my life will happen 30 seconds after I die, right? When I see the Lord Jesus Christ, that's going to be the most memorable time of my life you see we've talked about Paul forgetting his past if the most memorable time of your life is something in your past then you're lost if the most memorable time of your life is something in the future then you have eternal life right and that's what I want to end this morning's message with let's all close our eyes right And perhaps there's somebody listening to me and the most memorable time in your life is something in your past. That's great, but you're lost, right? Unless you know the Lord Jesus Christ. This Lord Jesus Christ who caused Paul to say, forget the past, focus on today, but know ultimately there's something in the future, right? That's really what we need to be able to do. And perhaps there's one person here. Maybe there's just one person for whom I came today who says, Robert... I've done many things good and bad in the past, but clearly there's nothing in my future to look forward to. God today will be saying, today you can actually start a new life and your most memorable time would be something in your future. Who'd like me to pray for them? If you just raise your hand, I'd love to pray with you. And certainly right after the service, I'd love you to come and see me. I'll stay over here and I think the pastors will remain here in front. But let me just pray, Lord God, I want to thank you for this congregation and also the people watching online. I pray, Lord God, that you shall help us to forget our past. Focus on today and know that there is a future awaiting us. But that future only awaits those who have turned to you. So, Lord God, quicken the hearts of many that would be sensitive to you and that would turn to you for salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much.